Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Colby Cast, your place for community and conversation about pop culture and storytelling. In this episode, I'm joined by Caleb. Hello. Hello. And Luke. Hello. Hi. And we're going to be talking about the last episode of Moon Knight. So I guess technically you can say that this is our last Moon Knighting episode. Uh, for now, at least, because interestingly, we'll start off this way. The tweet, or yeah, the tweet that Marvel sent out, um, hyping the episode's release on Tuesday night, late Tuesday afternoon, the first thing that they tweeted was the series finale of Moon Knight, but then they deleted that and then replaced the word series with season. So nothing is confirmed for a season two, but if you look at that change in in vocabulary or word usage, uh, we might we might get a season two. Which would be great, in my opinion. I would love that. So Yeah, it's a big difference. It is, yeah. I, it completely changes it. So although it's not an official confirmation, it's definitely a, a distinction that they wanted to make. I wonder who tweeted that first one. <laughs> it's not going to be the same guy who's tweeting the next ones. <laughs> Probably not. So, episode six the of, of the Moon Knight. And I thought it would be great to just talk about this again. Uh, like we have been over the last five weeks. It's been a blast talking to you guys about this series, and I look forward to talking to you guys about other things that are coming down the pike. But let's start out by talking about our general general thoughts on this episode. We're first going to salute general thoughts. General thoughts, exactly. So, uh, Luke, why don't you start us off? What did, what did you think about the episode in general? The episode in general, I thought it was good. I, as far as finales go, compared to the other shows, I don't think it really stacks up, but I enjoyed it. A couple cheesy lines here and there, and I like the big Godzilla-type fight, but it was it was just it was good. Uh, I'll go with that. It was just it was just good. It was just good. Okay. Like, 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10? I like it. That's still pretty strong. Caleb? I like that. Layla got to show off how really strong and cool she is. Yeah. I like that now she's an avatar, and no, 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 it wasn't Khonshu. Yeah. She said, you aren't good enough for me, and went for, as Steven says, hippo. <laughs> so I thought her overall look and the fact that they said, e- uh, Egyptian superhero, is that you? Like, And she said yes, and you told me that may have been directly out of a comic book, so yeah. I think that's even cooler. Yeah. I agree. Um, I, I I'm not gonna say anything about Layla because I think she might be coming up down down the road in in what I have to say later. Uh, but as far as general thoughts, I think I'm uh, I, I'm noticing a trend sort of in these Marvel shows on Disney Plus that they're sort of following a similar pattern maybe because they of course they're gonna end off in a big spectacular fight and that, nothing wrong with that. Right, that's uh, that's the superhero comic book series movie type of thing, and we all want to see the cool uh, fight, and we got a lot of that. Uh, one of the things I thought was interesting was that every little thing that they needed to tie up, they really tied up in short order. It was, you know, we need to bring Steven back, so Mark just turns around and goes and gets Steven. Uh, we need to bring them back into the real world, so Layla is able to go free Khonshu. Uh, we need to trap um, Amit into Harrow's body, and boom, you know, this is the way we're going to do it. And it all happened. So there was, 
and I'm not saying that's in a bad thing. I'm not disappointed in any way. I sort of agree with you, Luke, where it's about a 7 out of 10, 8 out of 10, 7.5 maybe. Um, but it it just, all of it seemed very neat and very familiar to be able to wrap this series up. And again, I'm not complaining about that. Uh, it just seemed very familiar. A lot of cool stuff, though, in the episode. So Yeah, unique, but also very familiar, I would agree. I also thought it was, it left me like, oh, wait. That, that's it because right. the episode was in my opinion very short because it moved so fast it didn't feel nearly as long as the other ones felt right and it's not like the other ones dragged on there was just a lot more going on during those episodes yeah well and also there was only like 35 36 minutes of actual screen time right the other ones had 40 plus so right we were we were even 45, I think. Most of them were 45, 48. If you're not looking at the credits, then maybe it's somewhere a little bit less than 45. But this one was definitely much shorter, like you said, Caleb, in like under 40 minutes, like you said, Luke. Uh, and thank thank God that we got a post-credit scene because I was, again, and this is another thing that I've found every time I've watched it, not wanting the episode to end. And then it ended, and I was sitting there going, oh, no, I'm going to be the crazy guy waiting for this third personality <laughs> so but i'm getting ahead of myself so why don't we get into it i thought it would be cool to share three thoughts on the episode from each of us it doesn't have to be um three favorite things i just want to hear three thoughts it can be as general or specific as you like so luke why don't you get us started off what's your first of three thoughts on moon Knight episode six my first thought is gonna come right at the end because that just seems fitting mm-hmm. um You'll notice at the end, Mark slash Steven wake up, and they're alone. Layla's not with them. True. Right? And I, I think that's interesting, because where does that leave them? Right? They seem to end on pretty good terms, but it seems like Mark has left his Avatar days behind him, mm-hmm. and Steven is looking to get back to his normal life, but Layla's not with them. True. So I think that's a very interesting question of, where do they go from there, right? Right, right. I hadn't uh, really caught on that with the Layla aspect, but you're right. They they did re- really leave Layla's um, situation with Mark slash Steven really, really unresolved because of just how the episode was structured. Did you have, Caleb, did you want to share anything about that, that about what Luke just said? Yeah, it, my, that was my first general thought was... Uh, at the end of the episode, we see Mark and Steven now having dialogue as, uh, in my opinion, as a, a unified body. Yeah. Whether before the first five episodes, they were jostling for for your feet, if you will. Yeah. Um, and it, I thought it was sort of interesting that now they're sort of like this one unified body, but now Fish Tank has two fish. Yep. Just thought it was sort of interesting there. And... Uh, yeah, that was one of the thoughts that came in, not nearly as in-depth as you, Luke, but where's Layla in all of this? Is she now doing what, uh, what was Hippo's name? Oh, Tar- Tarawet, yeah. Tarawet. Is she doing bidding for Tarawet? Did she say, okay, now I'm done with this? Is she back to her normal life? Whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Well, if I'm remembering it correctly, when she agrees to be Tarawet's avatar, she says temporarily she does yeah and tarawa says of course yep right so i don't i would love to see her continue to be a superhero because she seems to be pretty good at it yeah but we'll see my thought for that i, I recognize the the temporarily but 
I feel like it's a very different situation than being an avatar for Khonshu, mm -hmm. where he's always in the background trying to manipulate you to continue to be the the, the power source, if you will. Um, for Tarawet, it feels a lot more like, okay, yeah, when you want to clock in, you can clock in. Yeah. You know? So, of course, we didn't have a lot of dialogue with Tarawet, but I'm curious to know if she's like, okay, maybe, maybe I'll extend my two-week notice a little further down the road. So, since we're talking about Layla... I was going to save this for my last point, actually, but it fits in much better here because we're we're on the topic. Uh, Layla, for me, is the MVP, maybe even of this series, right? I loved how she decided to become an avatar. It was on her terms. Absolutely. She gave Khonshu the hard no, right? She was just like, I don't want anything to do with you because she has seen what's been happening to the person that she loves because of Khonshu. So, of course, she's going to be a little hesitant to be involved in any kind of these Egyptian god and their shenanigans, right? So when she's approached by, I think I'm pronouncing it wrong because I keep on pronouncing it Tarwedit, right? Is it Tarwedit? It's so hard to know when people speak with a British accent. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a whole so other language. We'll go with Tarwedit and maybe I might say Tarwet again. I don't know. I just keep calling her Hippo because I hippo. just forget the name. <laughs> I love the part when Steven goes, Hippo! Yeah. Like what you referenced <laughs> earlier. Exactly. So Tarwedit, um, I agree with you. They seem like they have a much better understanding as a god-avatar relationship, but I sort of got the feeling that Layla, as she went on as, and she was the Scarlet Scarab, uh, which is a comic book character that they've been hinting at through this whole show with her dad's nickname to her and then the, the different things that they've been dropping throughout the uh, the, the season. Um, but so now that she's this Scarlet Scarab, it seemed like she was warming up to it as the time went on. Once she got into action, once she shot her arms out and you and you saw those cool scarabs and the the uh, uh, the swords yeah. and the wings and then she's going and look she could handle her business by herself yeah. various times throughout the season so now that she's got these powers i sort of seem like i thought she might have enjoyed it as it kept going so maybe it won't be temporary but again i like your point where hippo and she can sort of maybe have a mutual understanding um yeah, but anyway, Layla, to me, I think she's the MVP of the series. I, I enjoyed her character. I enjoyed what she brought to Mark. I, I enjoyed what she brought to Steven as sort of a foil and to keep them honest. And uh, I just think that she's a great character. And I especially enjoyed that line where the young girl said, are you an Egyptian superhero? Yeah. And then she did. She looked right at her and owned it, right? She yeah. said, I am. And I do believe that that is a direct comic reference. So very cool. I really enjoy Layla uh, as a character now in the MCU, and I'm interested to see where else we may see her. So When she debuted the wings, I immediately audibly said to you, like, oh, Falcon? Yeah. Because <laughs> it just gave me those kinds of vibes, but also had the Egyptian spin, so I thought it was really cool. Yeah, and the look is really cool, too. I really enjoy the look. All right, so I think that counts as, our, as each of our first thoughts. That went pretty well. Luke, how about your second? Are all the Egyptian gods dead now? Oh, because when they went to whatever that place was to free Amit, they got whooped. All those avatars, they did not stand a chance. And it seemed like unless they were put unconscious, which would sort of be a little corny, but it seems like 
their avatars were killed. Yeah, I mean, Layla goes up to, I don't know any of the Egyptian gods' names. Right. At the end where we either passes out or passes away mm-hmm. and like checks his pulse. Mm-hmm. I don't think you check a pulse for someone who's passing away and react the way she did. Yeah, that's a really good point, and I hadn't really thought about that aspect of it, although I, I have a thought on them in general. But it's a good point that those were the only avatars we saw actively during the show, and they do seemingly meet their end. Although there is that wall of other statues where they put Khonshu, and there are other statues that would make me think maybe other Egyptian gods are, are uh, trapped in their Ushtabis. Ushabtis? Ushabtis? Thank you. Ushabtis. Yeah, so there were, what, a couple episodes ago we talked about it. Luke, yeah. you counted them, right? I think there was ten. Ten Ushabtis. So take Khonshu away and there's nine Ushabtis. So maybe there's other Egyptian gods trapped in there. Maybe they come up, come up down the road. But yeah, that's a that's a good point about that group of avatars. Uh, where do they stand and what is the status of the gods that inhabited them? Yep. Good point. Caleb, your second thought? I liked Khonshu this episode. Mm. He was he was continuously trying to get his own way, but he was also showing the morality where Amit is prejudging people, not letting them have their own life and free will to make the mistakes. Of course, these mistakes are enough for Amit to say you shouldn't live your life, and Khonshu is saying that because of mistakes you have made, so there's that ethical dilemma between the two he is now fighting with Amit for it and whether you want to say it was for his pride or for his agenda I still think it's good to to allow people to live their lives and make the mistakes um, with that said Khonshu was still getting his way with the post credit scene which we should leave to the end just because it was such a cool thing to me um, but I just, I, I, as corny as maybe some um, Marvel fans may see it, I really liked the the Godzilla type fight in between the giant pyramids. Yeah, that was fun. The first time I watched the episode, I was a little bit like, okay, so this is they're, they're getting they're getting really out there, and I was like, this is even more out there for for Moon Knight than normal. But then upon the second viewing, I did sort of see it more as like the Godzilla. King Kong kaiju fight. So that was that was pretty cool. Um, one thing I, I, I want to piggyback on to your Khonshu thought was, so when I first saw Khonshu, I actually felt relieved, which is not usually a feeling I experienced when I saw Khonshu in this series. But when he was freed by Layla, I actually felt relieved. Like, okay, I, I know why, because now we're going to get Moon Knight back. Now we're going to get the titular hero coming in to make sure things are, are right. So uh, it was interesting. And one other thought about Khonshu, uh, to piggyback on on yours, I read something about there being some precedent with Khonshu using that psych ward as part of his manipulation. Oh. So I thought it was interesting that when, at the very last time that we see him, and he frees Mark and Steven the scene shifts right to the psych ward. Yeah. And there is a precedent in the comics where Khonshu has used a psych ward to manipulate Stephen and Mark. So it makes... Now I'm starting to wonder, 
the whole psych ward thing, was it another tool that Khonshu was using and to it, manipulate those guys? It makes sense because who else was Khonshu's avatar? Harrow. True, and then Harrow was and there. It, it seemed that Harrow was also in the psych ward. Right. And it wasn't like just a a, a facade of Harrow. It was like actually his character. Yeah. It's an it's an interesting thought. It doesn't really matter. It's really neither here nor there because, like you said earlier, Stephen and Mark they wake up in their bed. You know, after after that that scene. So, uh, but that was just a, a something else I thought about with Conchu. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead with my second thought, which was actually tied into the avatars for for the Egyptian gods. And I remember a couple episodes we were talking about them. Because Harrow showed up at the end of one of the episodes with the leader of those Egyptian avatars. And it made me wonder, like, are they on Harrow's side? Are they actually uh, in league with Harrow in some way, shape, or form? But boy, was I wrong. That yeah. was that was definitely not the case because Harrow just, well, Amit, just takes them out. And I was sort of surprised because it really, I really thought that maybe they were being a little bit shady behind the scenes and, and helping Amit or helping Harrow uh, but no, really, I, I guess they were just really a gullible group of individuals because they just <laughs> believed what Harrow said yeah, a few episodes ago. It also shows the level of uh, of Harrow's manipulation. He was probably putting in some groundwork at the end of the episode that I know you're referencing where he's talking to the other avatars like, hey, yeah, Mark and Conchu, they're, they're lying to you. I'm really telling you the truth. I'm not doing anything behind the scenes. And then yeah. he un- ends up not doing what he said it's so. a good point it's a good point so I, I really hadn't thought about harrow's manipulation but it's true but yeah they definitely were not on the same side especially with how they all ended up so all right let's go with our final thought on the episode luke as much as i like to see mark and steven together and they seem to be getting along i really like how mr knight and moon knight are working together Mm-hmm, that was cool. There, that action sequence, that whole fight scene, I think that was the first time where we really got to see peak Moon Knight. Yeah, like the the brutal fist of vengeance that we've been waiting to see, and I really, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I like their dynamic too. They definitely were on the same page, and it showed. Uh, the thing that stuck out to me on on that point is. I think it's when they were flying through the air or falling down out of the sky, Harrow and Moon Knight were. And Harrow sort of had Moon Knight uh, sort of locked up with his cane. And then Moon Knight shifted to Mr. Knight and got right out of it. And then later on shifted back into Moon Knight. So that, I thought that was a really cool touch. Caleb, second, last thought? We all have similar thoughts. Obviously, it's the same show, so we can have similar thoughts. But um, Mr. Knight was my favorite character in the entire episode. Mr. Knight, not Moon Knight, Mr. Knight. Yeah. Because he is now out of his shell. He's not so timid. He's now using the resources that the 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 power Conchu gives them is meant to be. He's using the batons or whatever you want to call them and he's like visibly excited like Layla, yeah. check this out. <laughs> yeah. And he's now making sure that it's not just violence. He's now being justice he's he's trying to continue the morality of it and make sure that the bad guys aren't winning and that's what steven's all about steven's all about the straight and narrow path the clear good and trying to make sure and now he's making it happen so i really like that my question is uh with uh jake 
All right, which leads me to my final thought because as soon as the episode ended and the third personality had not been resolved in any way but had been referenced again in the episode in the most in-our-face way possible so far. First, Harrow references the possibility of another person in there when he looks at Mark's dead body and says, or whoever else is in there. Yeah, good riddance, basically. Yeah. And then when Mark is seemingly defeated later on in in the street fight scene and Layla is pinned up against the car and Harrow has the cane in Mark's chest and the the purple evil power is doing whatever it's doing. Then he blacks out and then comes back. Things are on fire. People are dead everywhere. The and staff is in pieces. Yes. And Layla looks right at him and said, Mark, what was that? So that was clearly... And then, then they even made a point of Mark talking to Stephen and said, Stephen. And then Stephen's like, nope. Right? So when it ended, <laughs> I don't know that I've ever wanted any property in the MCU to have a mid or post credit scene more than I wanted it in this moment because I was so afraid of here I am. It's like every episode we're recapping Moon Knight and I'm sitting here making a big deal about this third personality and I didn't want to be the crazy theory guy because really that's not me and I don't do that kind of stuff. But boy, I sat there and I go, okay, well maybe there's going to be a second season and we're going to get some resolution there, but we didn't have to wait that long. Right, so we go through a couple minutes of credits, and then all of a sudden we see Harrow now in a mental institution. Yeah, he's got a coffee cup of sand, but it's actually coffee, right? And then, a, and then an orderly comes to take him to bed, and we're told no, or she's told no, I'll take care of it, right? And then we see these black gloves, and he wheels them out, gets into the limo, and I don't know about you guys, but when I saw the reflection in the car window, and I saw the hat, the black hat. I breathe such a sigh of relief because I'm like, okay, good. I'm not crazy. (laughs) I'm not crazy. We're going to get some kind of confirmation of Jake Lockley because that is his thing in the comics, right? He always wears that style black hat. So they put him in the limo. They put Harrow in the, in the limo and there's, and there's Khonshu. We've never seen him dressed in a nice suit like no, that before, No, I thought right? that was so cool. It gave me Mr. Knight vibes. Right. So now even Khonshu is sort of different, and he starts talking about how Mark Spector has no idea how troubled he really is. And even though Mark seems like he thinks he's been released from the Moon Knight Avatar thing, Steven seemingly would think the same thing. Obviously, there's Jake Lockley in there because he taps the window and then the window goes down and there's Jake. And he even introduces him by name and we see that he is there to do the dirty work. Yep. Right. So he seemingly shoots Harrow. And I do believe in some of the preparation I was doing for this episode, I do believe that there's precedence for this, too, in the comics where Khonshu has made Mark and Steven think that they're... Then they're no longer beholden to him. They're free beings. But they're but he's using Jake, and mm-hmm. Jake has seemingly has no problem being who he is with Conshu. Yeah. I also don't even know that Jake knows the rest of the people that are in his body. It's a good point. I also want to know. So going back a few episodes, Jake, we thought was Jake, but 
um, Mark is speaking in a different dialect. He was, He's got a different accent? No, a different language. Uh-huh. He's in the taxi cab, and... Oh, he's right. in Egypt, and what did, what language did they say he was saying? Do you remember? Arabic, I believe. Yeah, is that is what Jake was, what language he was speaking in his actual lines, or was that Egyptian? No, actually, he was speaking Spanish. Oh, really? Yeah, but he spoke it very fast. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he, he spoke Spanish in bo- both lines, which is interesting because I don't know much about him in the comics, but I don't know that he speaks Spanish in the comics, but it doesn't really matter yeah. because we don't know anything about Jake, right? Because... Yeah. He's obviously a man of many faces, so maybe this is just a tool. But I, I thought it was peculiar, too, that they made a specific point to have him speak Spanish. Yeah. Well, maybe it's just uh, the actor's name. Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac, just in his wheelhouse. So. Right, right. Yes, that, that's a definite possibility. I thought it was very interesting. Yeah, I also think it's a way for them to make distinctions between characters. True. Right? Very good point. So you don't get confused. They have different mannerisms and everything but Mm -hmm. if they have very different accents and even are speaking different languages i think it's a little bit easier to make distinctions between them yeah and i still believe and may we may never got get confirmation on this and we don't really need to but i do think that we saw jake throughout the se the season because there were specific times i think we, we talked about it in the last episode in the beginning of that episode when he has the busted nose and he's definitely speaking in a different way than Mark does and Steven. Clearly, Steven does. He even does. looks different. He even he does. looks angry just he does. in general. And then going back to when he has his black cap in Egypt trying to do some some uh, recon, mm-hmm. I feel like that... I mean, your your words are in my head, so I'm trying to think that's Jake too. Yeah, I, I do think we saw glimpses, but we just didn't know. We were thinking that that was Jake, but either way, it doesn't matter. It was just another thing. I think it's a real real cool nuanced type of moments that the, these episodes had where it helps with the rewatchability too. Like if we wanted to go back and rewatch it again, uh, you can sort of look for things now knowing what we know, and, it, and that's part of the fun, so... I was also expecting Jake to drive a taxi cab. That was an upgrade of a taxi cab. It sure was. And also, that car with that license plate is also directly out of the comics. Mm. Or that limo, I should say. So, um, any final thoughts on the episode before we get to the last uh, the last segment of this, of this episode for the Colby cast? My last thought is, when, are, when season two? <laughs> when yeah. are they going to announce season two? Let's go. I'm ready. Right, I would I would love that too, Luke. Overall, the episode was good. I just kind of wish that it was uh, it didn't have so much direction. Mm-hmm. Right, I think part of what I liked about the show so much in general was how it was a little bit more mature. It wasn't a very cookie cutter superhero show, and this episode sort of was that. Yeah, And that doesn't make it bad, but I was sort of hoping that it would stick to the sort of edgy, different, um, sort of psychedelic way of thinking about it, right? Yeah, I, I see what you're talking about, and, and I can and I can get on board with that, too, because part of the uniqueness of this show was it kept us guessing a lot. It didn't answer questions. It actually gave us more questions, and I felt like this episode, and again, it's not a bad thing, but it's just a little bit of a departure from what we're used to through the first five episodes, that it it didn't 
it didn't really leave us with any questions that I, I I don't think that that it did. I think that it answered all the questions, which is cool, and I'm glad that it did. But it's really sort of different than what the episode the uh, the season has done so far. So again, not a bad thing, but um, just something different. All right. So for the last part of this episode, this is now the sixth Disney Plus show that has been released since the start of Phase Four, and I thought it would be cool to hear your guys' thoughts where each of those shows sort of fits in if uh, in a watchability order. I'm not saying best, worst. I'm not saying good, bad. I'm just saying if you were going to rewatch them all, which one would you start with and which one would you end with? Uh-huh. Um, do we want to do like six, six, six? No, five, we'll five, just go five. list, list, list. Cool. Yeah. Um, All right, Luke, let's start off with your order. Number one will always be Loki. I love, love, love Loki. Loki might be my favorite Marvel project, movie, show, anything ever. Wow. I, I love Loki. High praise. Um, second, I would probably go... This might sound weird, but what if? I really like what if. What if? Super cool. It's It's different. It's cool. It's fun. And this is where it sort of gets tricky. I would probably go Falcon Winter Soldier, then um, Moon Knight. Okay. They're interchangeable, and Moon Knight's still pretty fresh. Um, But I think Moon Knight's going to be one of those more divisive shows. think so. Um, As far as rewatchability goes, I think so. Mm -hmm. Because... I think part of what made it so fun was like, I don't know what's going to happen in the next episode, right? Mm-hmm. So why are you going to go rewatch an episode if you know what happens in the next one? That's a good point. Right? And then WandaVision is... I just I have a hard time with WandaVision because I think I did this to myself. I set the bar way too high. Mm-hmm. And... Which is weird because I've probably rewatched WandaVision more than the rest of the Disney Plus shows. Yeah. Even though I I do give it a lot of a lot of flack. Mm. <laughs> um, and Hawkeye was Hawkeye was fun, but I don't know if I I I haven't rewatched it since the first time it came out. Right. I enjoyed it, but yeah, that's probably where I would go with it. Cool. Interesting. Good. Uh, nice order. Caleb. I have a similar list to Luke. But Loki, again, like Luke said, great show. I wouldn't put it in, like, my favorite Marvel projects, Mm -hmm. but it was very, very, very good, especially so early in uh, Marvel's shows in general. Yeah. Um, We didn't just really nothing else like it, and I love that it sort of hints us at the multiverse before the multiverse was a thing. Right. Um, And that itself is going to be amazing. But I would also put What If second because, again, it was just so different. There mm-hmm. wasn't real one real storyline. It was just just an IV straight into my veins. Give me more Marvel. That's mm-hmm. exactly what it was for me. I just thought it was really cool. For me, I would put Moon Knight 3 and, again, interchangeable with number 4. Um, I think for Marvel fans in general, this will stand alone because, of course, the the idea behind making this show was that it could stand alone. It doesn't yeah. have to be connected to the MCU. Um, and I think that's why it's number three for me. 
is because you're not going to watch it and look for Easter eggs of who's in the background, what is this going to tie into yeah. the Avengers, anything like that. And that's why I put Falcon and Winter Soldier fourth. Mm -hmm. I think people are going to rewatch that a lot because it drops a lot of things for the MCU. Yeah. It, it, it progresses the story. There's now a new Captain America, and the yeah. story behind that, I think, is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. um, for me, I think it's five and six. I put uh, Hawkeye at uh, number six. Number six for me, Hawkeye, because Hawkeye was one of my favorite Marvel characters ever. Yeah, and I just wish there was more of Hawkeye. Mm -hmm. Of course, you want to bring in the new generation of fans and characters. Yeah. So now you have Haley Steinfeld's character. Mm -hmm. um, I think a problem with Hawkeye too is they made it seasonal, right? It's around, oh, it was very Christmas oriented. Very sure. Christmassy. Yeah. So I think people will rewatch it when it's around Christmas. That's but, a good point. Yeah. Because it's fun. It's a good show and everything, but something sort of weird about watching. A show that has a Christmas tree at Rockefeller Center in the middle of July. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I, I just don't know how many people are going to go back and do that. Yeah, I, that's the same reason I would put it as number six. Um, I really like WandaVision because, of, again, it was the first of the MCU shows. Yeah. Um, so it's it was, I said this in a, er, earlier episodes, it was a multiple episode movie. You got a lot yeah. more substance instead of in a two-hour movie. Now you're watching it over a couple of weeks. Right. Um, so we had to reel in expectations because in a movie, everything moves fast. Like in No Way Home, you got all this stuff, right? Yeah. And that was later. But um, I really like Vision in general. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, RIP, you know? Right. Um, <laughs> But I liked him a lot, and that's why he was number five. And I just thought it was it was a fun thing. Every episode was a new decade. Everything was so... I, I just thought the visuals were phenomenal for it. So right. that would be my number five. I know um, six comes after five, and I mentioned six before five. But you Oh, know so you're putting five. WandaVision fifth and then Hawkeye sixth? Yes. Interesting, interesting. Uh, so we have a couple... With with my list, we have a couple of uh, of, of matches, except for first, because the first one on my list is WandaVision. <laughs> and I think it has a lot to do for, I just think that the show is brilliant. And of course this is me, my opinion. I just think that it was so different than anything that we had seen from Marvel. And this sounds sort of weird to say, but watching television is a much different experience for me than it has been for you guys. Right. Growing up. Yeah. Because so much of watching things now and for and for your guys generation and even for your experiences has been through different kinds of screens. Right. Uh, phones or laptops. We watch a lot. We watch a lot of TV on an actual TV. Yeah. But streaming is way different than clicking through channels. We were clicking and tapping and scrolling yeah. while you were cranking your TV. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but I loved, you mentioned it, how each week there was a different style of television show. And that's one of the things I thought was so cool about it. But even besides that, Wanda and Vision are uh, two of my favorite Marvel characters. Absolutely. They're in my top five, actually, both of them. And I love what they mean to each other. 
I love the what they did with those two characters through the few movies that they were in leading up to WandaVision. Their chemistry and the acting in the show and in their, their scenes together in the movies is amazing. I mean, Infinity War with the two of them is absolutely heart-wrenching. It's a gut punch what happens to them. Uh, and, and that's even in Civil War. Their dynamic in Civil War is wonderful. So to see the show be centralized on those two characters and the the role that grief plays into it to me is just brilliant i think is just brilliant because it's not something it's not a topic you see in superhero movies we're gonna make a, a show about the ramifications of grief and sadness and loss and i just think that it was handled so well and the writing and the performances were just fantastic so wandavision's first for me uh, second is Loki, and it's a close second because I think Loki, I love what it does for the MCU uh, and how it uh, affects the MCU on a large scale. But at the same time, I remember thinking after every single episode, I could just sit there and watch Loki and Mobius sit at a table and talk. Oh, a thousand percent. Those two characters were so much fun together. The writing was really brilliant, and it was, it was just, it really was... Um, so 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 different and i think it helped prepare us for the weirdness that we're seeing in other things in phase four um wandavision did that too but then we've also got <laughs> dr strange which is a whole other level of weird that we're going to be talking about at another point but loki did a great job at setting us up for some of that weirdness moon knight is third for me uh for all the reasons we've just been talking about over the last six weeks I thought it was, I love the fact that it stood alone so much and that, it, that, like you mentioned, we didn't have to worry about how does this connect? What does it do? What does it move forward? We don't even know when the show takes place in the MCU. We have no idea. Uh, then this one was a tough one because I really loved Falcon and Winter Soldier. I love Sam. I love the character of Captain America and what that means. And I love, I think Sam Wilson is a magnificent person to help carry that legacy on. And I really loved the themes that it explored especially the the things that apply to real world things that we see every night in the news and i love the relationship between he and bucky uh I, an, another home run in my opinion uh followed up on with fifth for me is what if just because it was so another one of those shows that it prepared us for the weirdness of what's to come uh because and being animated was so unique for it and i thought it looked great i loved how each episode didn't have to mean anything to each other but then it ended up meaning everything and i thought that that was brilliant i didn't expect that and i thought that was wonderful i think the animation is another reason why it's so high on my list because it's, there's nothing else animated in, in the in the mcu oh right right it, um that's it's so good it's and the, and the the quality of it is just amazing so that leaves hawkeye for for sixth and again it's no nothing negative against against hawkeye because i thought that was a wonderful show we could probably sit here and do recaps for Hawkeye too, because I remember, I mean, Yelena is in it from Black Widow, and she was a highlight, and Hawkeye himself was a highlight. But it's a good point that it is very specific to Christmas time. So I wonder if that, and it was also, I let myself go a little bit too crazy with this, I think, but I was sort of hoping that we would get some kind of a reference in Spider Man No Way Home, just because I think it ended. Uh, the same no the the last episode came out the week after no way no way home did oh true and i was and this is my fault this is no one's fault but myself 
I was just waiting to see something happen with Spidey in that last episode. So when it didn't, I, I'm not saying I was disappointed, but I was just sort of like, okay, I'm cool with Kingpin. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I, if you really think about it, Spider-Man was in Hawkeye. He was? He was on stage. <laughs> okay, so that was a super uh, polarizing post credit scene. And let's just talk about it. Where did you guys come down on the on the the musical number that was the Hawkeye post credit scene? So what I was gonna say was, I think that the multi billion dollar studio should absolutely cater to one person's needs all the time. <laughs> I, that's their responsibility, and if they don't give you exactly what you want, you need to let them know on the internet. Um, but <laughs> actually, I I love when. They're so self-aware. Yeah. Right? I, I love when they make fun of themselves and when they piss off their own fans. It's, it's so funny. And I think it was... Like, people actually liked it. I, I thought it was, like, I- ironic and everything, but some people genuinely liked it. But what did you think about it? I I, I ironically liked it. Oh. <laughs> so <laughs> like, you didn't it, like it, it but was, you <laughs> ironically liked it. I didn't like it. it, but I liked what it stood for. Okay, okay, I can get behind that. Which was not being good. <laughs> Caleb? You be Marvel and pitch me the 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 end credit scene and just ask me, should, should we add it? Okay, we're going to do... Keep it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how so... I felt about it. It was it was cool, it was funny. I, I wasn't a big Could fan. Could you imagine being Robert Downey Jr. and seeing that? <laughs> I think Robert Downey Jr. probably loved it. I, I thought, agree, but yeah. like, you are one of the biggest actors in the world. The impact you left on pop culture when you left that role had, was hitherto undreamt of, <laughs> right? <laughs> nice. But could you imagine you go back and you look at a bunch of... I, I don't even know how to describe that because it. if I went back in five years ago... And I would have told you that there would have been a musical <laughs> where Ant-Man replaced Hawkeye. <laughs> how, how would you react? Me? Yeah. Well, I will tell you how I re- would react because I'll tell you how I reacted when I watched that post credit scene. I loved it. I loved every second of it. And not ironically, but I loved it. I had the biggest smile on my face. I was laughing out loud and I thought it was pun intended, marvelous. It was absolutely marvelous. So I meant what I said. Keep it. You can have it. I won't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the beauty of it. You don't have to yeah. watch it, right? But I, I I, loved it. I love how it sort of riffed on Hamilton because I love Hamilton. You guys know that I love Hamilton. But, you know, the 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 billboards and the ads all over Hawkeye all because it's uh, in New York and then the fact that they just treated us to a whole musical number and they just steered right into the skid. They did not let up. They just went gung-ho forward. Someone wrote that. They performed it and rehearsed it People and I love it. Love it. That. They did. I imagine, love it. Imagine being like, hey mom, I'm in a Marvel TV show and then that's your role? <laughs> What was the casting call for that? I don't know, but I love all of it. The casting call is, do you want to be Hulk and not look like Hulk at all? He was wearing a really cool Hulk sweater. It was like a Hulk hoodie. And I'm sure that that person, whoever that person may be, still has that thing. I at least hope that they do. I'm going to be honest. I completely forgot it existed until you brought it back up. I'm so glad we brought it up. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, we have completely gone off the rails, and and I and I love every minute of it. Yeah. So just final thought then, that post credit scene, that musical number from Rogers the musical exists in the same world as Moon Knight. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so happy that it does. I'm also so happy to sit here and talk to you guys about this because this has been a blast. I don't know what's going to happen now. We don't have another Moon Knight episode to talk about next week, but I'm sure we'll figure out something. Kenobi. Ah, uh, yes. Kenobi is not that far away. Oh, boy. Uh, don't get me started. Uh, but again, thank you guys for joining me on the Colby cast to talk about this. Caleb, looks like you have something important to say. I just want to say thank you for listening. It's been a great six weeks, and uh, I look forward to talking to more stuff later, skaters. You can find the Colby cast on Twitter and Instagram at the Colby cast. If you're wordy, like me, you can send an email to thecolbycast at gmail.com. Please subscribe to the show and leave a review on your favorite podcast app or wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is not endorsed by anyone or anything for that matter. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Colby cast, unless otherwise indicated. That'll do, Donkey. That'll do.